Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast. Before we jump into it, I know you guys seen the caption already, so you know we have an amazing dynamic speaker ahead of us. But before we get into that, because I'm having a crazy time trying to navigate how to audio and visual and all that, I want to apologize to everyone who listened to last week's episode. And unfortunately, when you listen to the episode, it did not come with proper audio, and it's because my mic was not working the entire time. And I tried to sync it from my camera and it was giving us a huge issue. But anywho, I believe this week will be much better. (laughs) Hopefully it is much better. And I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. Today's sponsor of the podcast is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a resource that I'm telling you guys about because as believers, we need to prioritize our mental health. BetterHelp will assess you with your needs assess your needs, and match you with the right therapist, professional therapist for you. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can contact them at any time, either via phone call or a video call. So if you are facing any type of stress, anxiety, depression, or some type of trauma, be sure to check out BetterHelp, and they'll be there to help you in your time of need. In fact, they've been recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, so there will be no issue for you getting a counselor when you need them. So if you're feeling burdened down, I want you to enjoy a more blessed and a stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you get 10 months off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. And I'm sure you're in for a reward with this episode. Love y'all. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are blessed. I told you guys, if you unsubscribe, that's your fault. I told you guys we had somebody good coming in the building. Pastor, Reverend, um, do they call you Chief Apostle over there in Houston? They don't call me none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Flowers, bro. Appreciate you uh, joining in on the show, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, I'm not big on titles, bro. Never have. (laughs) So listen, man, we've been trying to get this organized since sometime last year. And I'm going to say I dropped the ball. I'm not blaming you at all. Uh, Schedule has just been been insane. Kids, life is crazy. You guys had a couple of storms last year, I think, because I remember you saying something happened at the church. Yeah, you guys had a couple of storms. It's just been a been a wild ride, but glad that you're on the show. Um, so if you guys don't know about uh, Pastor Jerry, let me just go over a few of the things I know. You guys probably seen a clip unless you're probably already subscribed to his YouTube um, and podcast channel, Redefine TV. That's not the name of the church, but it's the name of the ministry that him and his wife founded. Uh, the name of the church is Time of Celebration Ministries. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, so Time of Celebration Ministries that he leads with his wife, Tanisha. Um, hold on. Let me not even assume. I got her name right, right? Yeah, you did. Hey, I, you I, want, I want First Lady to you know, get bopped in the back of my head, you know, <laughs> saying that wrong, you know, so... Definitely leading a, a tremendous group over there in um, in Texas. You know, you guys are probably, if you guys know anything about our channel, I'm sure you have seen Pastor Jerry at some point. But definitely, if you're new to it, I definitely will put links inside the description box so you guys can check out the church and check out, uh, visit there if you're ever in the area, check out their YouTube and all of that. But for people that you guys always tell me to get on the podcast, like I love y'all, but I can't get everybody on the podcast. Not because... All of them tell me no, but some of them I don't want on the podcast. It's, I'm sorry that I had to say it like that and Jerry had to be here to listen. But when I trust voices to speak to our crowd, we want to make sure that we know they're helping people. And Pastor Jerry is doing a great job. I believe there's so many aspects that if you guys compliment what I'm doing, it's probably something I learned from him. So 
definitely kudos to them and their ministry. And today I'm going to, yeah, l- let you tell a little bit about yourself before we dive into today's episode. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Jerry Flowers, Houston, Texas, born and raised. Uh, my wife and I are about to celebrate 10 years of marriage this summer. We have two beautiful children. I have a five-year-old son, seven-year-old daughter, and we're having marital problems because I want another one, but she doesn't. <laughs> so I'll just pray for us. Um, founded Redefine TV, lead pastor of Thomas Celebration uh, Church, and just love people, man. Love people and just honored to serve, bro. I'm real basic, man. You're going to find out about me. I'm not into all that. You know, I'm this, I did it. Nah, man. Just a brother, man. Excited to to collaborate with you, bro. Yes, sir. So you guys heard it. Let's just dive into this today. I wanted to give him something basic because I know I'm probably not going to stick to the topic. I'm going to want to pick his brain like crazy. Um, I told our Patreon crew that we were having a guest. They were super excited. They gave me a list of questions they wanted me to ask. So please stick around to the end. I'm going to give him like a rapid fire at the end. He does not know the questions I'm planning on asking him. Just tell him, hey, this is a question. Boom, 60 seconds. So we're going to end with that as well. But to start this off, I want to ask you, um, get, I want to I set the foundation of today's episode. What do you find as a sign of a healthy or an unhealthy relationship? So if you don't mind talking about a little bit, I guess, prior to your journey before meeting your wife um, in college, or how did you guys navigate that season of singleness? Because we have people in every single different you know, spectrum. Um, you know, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Um, so before my wife, I was in a relationship uh, with a young lady uh, I felt was my wife. Um, you know, the compatibility was there. We, we were cool. Of course, we had, uh, you know, our childish like things. I was what, 20, 21. And um, once I really got serious about the Lord, because I think there's a difference in casually claiming to be a Christian than actually being one. But once I actually start being one and became a student pastor, I noticed that like the purpose side of me and the identity of our relationship was clashing. So uh, one particular time a comment was made, uh, hey, you know, when we get married, that's going to be your members. And that stuck with me. I was like, man, I think it would be our people that we're serving. And so it just kind of bothered me. Um, sidebar, don't overlook red flags. One of the biggest red flags God gives you is the absence of his peace. And so I started to not have peace in that relationship. And what really caused it to end was purpose. I think one of the biggest gauges on identifying if something is healthy, holistic, or if it's potentially toxic is knowing what you are supposed to do. If you don't know um, where you're going, you won't know who to take with you. If you don't know what you're assigned to, you won't know who will be a compliment or a contradiction. So for myself, it was really, when I recognized like you're going to be a pastor, then I start looking for pastor's wife, who's a servant, who loves people, who doesn't mind spending time co-laboring people and building. And the girl I was with did not have that. So really for me, what ended it was uh, purpose. When I met Tanisha, she was already in that thing. Mission trips, small groups, uh, teaching in juvenile detention centers, so it just complimented. Of course, the the uh, premarital was there and other mentors, and we didn't tell anybody besides um, our spiritual leaders that we were together. And I just believe, like, when you're laying concrete, if you let everybody walk over it, their footprints are going to be there when it dries up. So we just like, okay, we want to make sure that this is God first. And yes, sir. Yeah, it's kind of how that happened. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, pe- I, I feel like people don't grasp that. Like, I, I was kind of salty, soft, but didn't want to, didn't want to post me. I'm looking like, man, we good. We official. You know what I'm saying? And she's looking like, well, when we get engaged, we can start talking about, like, she didn't care to rush that process. I think that's something that a lot of people wrestle with because in their head, you know, if we're good, do you have something to hide? And I get that, you know, you want to, you know, this is not for everyone on social media. I don't need to validate, you know what I mean? So I understood, understand both sides when they get into that little debate, but I love the fact that you're, you made sure that despite the world not knowing, my leadership knows. And I think that's key regarding accountability. So just to talk a little bit regarding the accountability aspect or how did that help nurture you guys, develop you guys, or how did that help you guys, you know, prevent things that could have happened? You know, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, our form is sometimes what I tell other couples is accountability is supposed to be irritating, mm-hmm. but it's it's nutritious for your spirit. Somebody always knew where we were. Um, we didn't do dates at night. Uh, we did, you know, stuff when the sun was up. <laughs> um, I had check in. She had a curfew, man. So she was out of state. Right. Yeah. So when she would come in town to Houston, my parents uh, made her stay there. They made her stay with um, my mom and dad so that they would always know when she got home. They would always know, you know, when I left, it was kind of irritated. We would say stuff like, oh, we can't wait to get married. But now, you know, that helped us, man. That helped us greatly. So it was the accountability for us. We did group dates and um, somebody always knew where we were. And we always had a, a, a curfew. So my dad was like, hey, bring her back about one o'clock. I'm like, dad, come on, man. I'm 24. We're getting married in like six months. Bring her back at one o'clock. And so that was kind of like our process, man. Yeah, I, I tell I tell people all the time when Safa was at USF and I wanted to I wanted to visit. I'm like, well, Dad, they have their own apartment. I could stay in the living room. My dad was like, Yeah, let me pray about it. And I knew I knew <laughs> once he said that, you know, he would try to be nice. He didn't want to he want to break my heart. But I was just like, Yeah, he about to tell me. You know, he was just like, No, I don't think that's wise. And a lot of people, yeah. I know their parents will let them. Their leadership will let them. A lot of these, and I'm just like, Kudos to you. But I yeah. do know that my dad was operating in wisdom because even if nothing happened, I allowed myself to get placed in a predicament that it can happen. So one of the things yeah. I learned from your ministry, I know in general, but I love the way you word these things. Like you always say a lot of people, they'll avoid the sin. But some, the, the issue is sometimes what we're, we, what we're dealing with isn't a sin, but it's an usher. Like it can help guide your footsteps in a sense. So talk a little bit about how and when you're in a relationship, you have to watch out for the things that may be the triggers. Talk a little bit about that for us. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, if you go to a church, um, there's ushers. There's this dude that's always or sometimes usherettes if you want to be churchy. But there's this person there that's like, yo, come sit right here. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't consider you owning a condom. And I'm just being, you know, raw. You owning a condom, unmarried, talking about your practicing purity, that condom's an usher. Yeah. It's an what are you going to do with it? It's a just in case, <laughs> just in case backup. You know, if somebody's coming over, like, hey, we're going to watch a movie. Okay, you smelling good. She's smelling good. We're in the apartment, townhome, wherever it may be together. Can it usher to something else? Yes, it can. So to set up those boundaries or what I like to call boundaries are just in case blockade, just in case your flesh gets on one, there's something in the blockade. And being mindful of those ushers that can lead to it. It's not necessarily sin, to watch a movie together, but can it lead to it? Yeah, so why not go out and do something together to probably prevent that? So Ushers is all about things that point you to something that you really wanna do, but you're trying to resist doing it. Yeah, man, I, th- I think that's solid, bro, because 
it, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a fine line. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, your way is the only way that works. It's definitely a fine line. But I think a lot of people, when you, when you try to teach them these subjects, they think you're pressing like a legalistic mindset. But in reality, right. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to be wise. Someone says, I'm not, I'm not doing these things because I, of, I don't want to think how strong I am. Like I always heard it, heard it said, David, the, the only man the Bible declares is the man after God's own heart. You know, so the man most passionate about God. Solomon, the man who the Bible is claiming is the wisest man. So the man with the most wisdom, Samson, the man with the most strength, all of these guys fell into sexual sin. So why do I think that I won't? You know what I mean? And I think it gets foolish to us when we believe that I love God so much, I can't stumble. And it's not a matter of how strong you are or no matter how, oh, people are like, do, do that because you're weak. Yeah, I want to I wanna come to the realization that my flesh is weak. And I never want to get to the point that I got this under control, you know, because yeah. you know, the Bible tells us, like, if you started in the spirit, why are you trying to finish in the flesh? Why are you thinking you're going to yeah. overcome now? If God was the reason why you were walking in purity and holiness before, why do you think you have enough yeah. self-control? You know, so that's definitely a dangerous game that people fall into. But I want to dive a little bit back in regards to what you said um, with your wife, you know, so it works out perfectly because you knew what you were called to. So... Mm -hmm. I see someone that's operating in, you know, maybe she's a great woman, just not a woman meant for the role God has for me. Abraham yeah. had to go sacrifice. He told these servants, hey, wait right here. Me and the lad are going to go worship. Everybody can't go with you to worship. So we understand that. But at the same time, you knew your calling. Mm -hmm. There are so many people listening right now and they want to choose the right person, but they don't know their calling. So that's the reason why I'm like a little on the fence. Like, how do you speak to these people that even if they're not going to ever be pulpit type ministry. Maybe they're the best greeter you'll ever see. You know what I mean? How do they yeah. choose based off the calling God has for them if they're <clears throat> with their identity? What are some steps they can find um, to navigate that path? So first I want to uh, clarify something. Purpose is a fixer, right? So purpose fixes problems. There's something in your life that you're supposed to fix. Like the purpose of these lights on me right now is to remove a darkness problem. So you have to look at it like purpose is your life's bullseye, all right? So if I don't know it, I'm going to live aimless. Mm -hmm. Did you catch that? Purpose is your life's bullseye. So if I don't know my purpose, I'm going to live life aimless. So what does that mean? Bystanders are going to get hit by me not knowing what I'm supposed to do. Okay. A lot of our exes, they're bystanders of me not having a target. You understand? So it's, it's, it's not always pulpit ministry or church ministry. It is, we are both aiming in the same direction. We're both aiming at the same thing. And a lot of people are like, well, he loves Jesus. She loves Jesus. Y'all both can love Jesus, but not be congruent. Yeah. Loving Jesus is our foundational faith. But what, it is, what are we supposed to do as a mission? What are we supposed to do as a covenant? And giving a sense of purpose, knowing the sense of purpose to your life will be able, will be able to assist you to identify together where we have purpose. Mm -hmm. Bro, there's so many people who are married like I was at a marriage a conference not too long ago and I asked the couples like, what is the purpose of your marriage? And they couldn't answer me. Now these people are older than me, you know, been married 40 years, yay. That's why I said like, look, don't, I understand we always been married 40 years. Wow, that could be 40 years of purposelessness, yeah. hell, confusion, right? Marital length, length does not equate to purpose fulfillment. So yeah. I, I'm really big on purpose because I want us to really understand that is what's going to keep you like when Tanisha and I face hardship or difficulty or God forbid, when our parents go home to be with the Lord, no matter how hard our marriage gets, we know that God endorsed this. Yeah. 
saying? No matter how much I get on her nerves, mm-hmm. or no matter how much she may get on my nerves, divorce is not even on the table because we know God orchestrated this. Yeah. You don't have that foundation of this having a sense of purpose or God orchestrating or authoring it. Well, when it gets hard, you're going to quit. Yeah. You're going to quit because there was no anchor of purpose. So I, I think that's the, the, the value of having purpose is it helps you in hard times. It helps you have a life target so that you can forever be progressive. Mm-hmm. And one more thing I want to add to that is I think one of the most scariest things is if you get with somebody who you didn't understand what you were supposed to do, I'll put it like this. You go to the grocery store, you don't know what you're going to get, but you're hungry. So you end up buying a Hershey bar, right? A lot of people are marrying snacks. And then three, four years later, they roll over and they recognize this thing doesn't fulfill me. So when, when you live life, not knowing what you're called to do, it's like walking around hungry. Every Hershey bar, anything that's edible, you will consider as an option. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah, that, that's the beauty of purpose. It helps me from entertaining junk food. <laughs> yeah. Listen, bro, man, I just, I just need, I need somebody in the chat to something like get an offering bucket ready. Um, let's there. <laughs> but that's so true. Like when, I, when it was time for me to start pursuing marriage, you know, I'm in the military. I'm so over this stuff. You know, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting older. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not trying to run around with these fast girls. I start paying attention to the type of women I'm entertaining. And it's like, yeah, yeah but for the purpose, for the, the future, I see for myself, like you're saying, I don't necessarily think this is working out. Like I keep chasing figures and I keep ended up in sin. Like I'm over here worrying about her shape and it's not leading me, you know, to, down the right path. You know, so I start paying attention to the character and I'm looking like, well, now I got finally find a woman that's beautiful. We are compatible, love her character. And I see that it's not stopping my ministry. And I'm not trying to steal, steal a spotlight from you. I'm going to I'm going to throw it back to you. But my issue with it is there are so many people that they'll listen to this podcast and they think I'm saying these things out of boredom. They think I'm saying these things um, like, oh, you're already married. So you understand. But it's just like you have no idea how many married people come and you're a pastor so you can attest to this but how many married people come to you because it's just like yo I can't do this anymore you know what I mean like I'm with someone and I I don't think that this is God's will for me but hey y'all already tied the knot so now you're in that position where you need to work it out but then there's so many guys that I know that they got married to the woman because all because of how fine she was all because of how the body was looking and they're out of church today or yeah. God called them to preach and they don't even attend service. Like does a brother own a Bible at this point? You know what I mean? So that's why it's like, that's why I'm asking you, how did you choose based off your purpose and, you know, you know, knowing your purpose, because there's so many people that while they may feel as though I'm, I'm insignificant today, that does not mean God doesn't have a great future for them. You know? So it's just like, there's so many people, I believe that like when life goes on, a lot of people think I'm just walking in God's will. Now, sometimes you probably aren't because who you choose can affect who you worship. Like who you choose is going to determine if you end up going into the ministry God has for you or you turn away from it. Because I know yeah. so many people, bro, there are, they are not in the house of God today. They're not. And even if they ever attend church, it's just attending it because you know what I mean? That's what we Christians do. I don't mean just attending to attend, but I mean, God has a calling on your life and you gave that up because who you wanted to be with. So that's why I was inside. What are signs that you think are healthy and unhealthy because some people need to know what to look out for before they even get into these relationships that are stopping them from becoming who God has called them to be. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go in reverse. Uh, signs that I think that are unhealthy. First of all, is scripture boss? 
in their life is scripture a um option like i i don't agree with this one i have a copy and paste like virgin of scripture or to the best of their capability of course nobody's perfect but a scripture boss i strive to live by the word of god we're talking for people faith-based believers followers of jesus all right a scripture boss number two is there any fruit listen not just potential potential is trapping people i'm gonna tell you why because potential is not promised to ever become fruit. Fruit yeah. is potential in motion. You're not promised that that's going to become kinetic. Yeah. Oh, he could become such, oh, well, if she just, you can't change people. God changes people, not you. Right. And love somebody harder won't make them change. Yeah. So scripture boss, is this somebody who's um, producing fruit? And then most importantly, do we have a common goal? And I'm not talking about, oh, six figures and having babies. Do we have a common goal that glorifies God? Now, I'm giving you faith stuff first. Do we have a common goal of purity? Like, am I the only one striving to be pure? Or is he like, man, come on, girl? Or is she like, man, come on, girl? Because ladies do it too. Yeah. Do we have the same belief about the word of God? Okay. Um, now, natural things, of course, you need, he has to work. He has to have a plan. If a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. Um, the healing of past trauma so that you're not dealing with verbal abuse. I'll never hit a woman, but your mouth is hitting her, bro. Um, ladies, a lot of ladies are extremely verbally abusive. That comes as the nan natural tangibles of, am I healthy enough to yeah. speak the king? Inside a man, there's a fool and there's a king. Do I know how to speak to that? Do I know how to speak to a queen? Am I humble enough to when a queen corrects me, mm -hmm. I'll receive it and view her as my help me versus as her nagging me? Yeah. You see and I think when I was saying going to reverse, what you said, a lot of people are like, oh, you're married. Every married person was a form of single, single person. Yeah. Like, we, like we went through this. If you were taking a test, would you want somebody who graduated from the class or would you want somebody who's taking a test with you? That's my biggest thing when it comes to, you know, unmarried. Well, you can't talk. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there crying because my flesh is on one tonight. You know, I, I've been there wondering, is this God's will? I've been there. So trusting that... Um, if there's somebody who has wisdom and spirit led that's informing you that's married, listen to the wisdom. And then I think the last thing I would say um, about, uh, there was something you were saying about uh, military and purpose and kids. And yeah, I forgot the last thing you said. Oh, when you were talking about like, I, I wanted somebody that, I know I'm getting older, really, really understand that romance sometimes is messing up marriage, like messing up friendship and marriage. I'm gonna tell you why we're skipping the friend part. Mm -hmm. We're skipping that part. Okay. You know how many couples come to my office and say, we're just not friends. They never were. Yeah. Romance, giving each other orgasms, feeling good, posting pictures and selfies yeah. that have blindfolded you to the fact that you're not friends. Culture has it so twisted, bro, to where we view friend zone as a bad thing. I'm like, yeah. yo, no greater love than this who laid down his life for a friend yeah. you know what i'm saying are you friends <laughs> are you friends because that's what's going to keep you and a lot of married people it doesn't matter how long they've been married they are battling to this day because they're not friends bro that's so true because uh there's so many people that'll ask me like how long um did you guys date before you know you got married and i'm like six months and they're like man that was quick and i'm like i knew her six years prior to this we were friends for six years. You know what I mean? It's just like, so I know what I'm getting into. It wasn't a shocker. It's just now I'm realizing like, this is, 
I've been friends with you this whole time, but I'm not even paying attention to that. You know what I mean? But that's such a that's such an important aspect. You're so right, man. I feel as though, like you're saying, it's it's this whole it's this Disney mindset. You know, boy meets girl, they live happily ever after, and then the pressures of social media. And that's always tell people. I heard I heard a pastor saying. Aaron Balance, man, powerful quote. He said, I've seen God do more miracles when we fasted from media than fasted from food. Because don't get me wrong, I believe fasting, as the word (laughs) actually says, is abstaining from food. But there are so many people that our problem is we're so consumed with the media. We're allowing social media to define us. We're allowing Netflix to show us what true love is. We're allowing what the news say to be our guide against, you know, viruses and all kinds. We're worrying so much and being consumed by media that our life doesn't make any sense because it's not God speaking at any, it's not God. Bro, I I think, um, I think one of the advantages that we had when we were children is we weren't aware of everybody's perceived world, right? Like Christmas just ended, you know what I'm saying? So when we go back to school, they'll say, what did you do for Christmas vacation? Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did. Now you get on the ground. Oh, they went skiing. Oh, they went here. Oh, they yeah. caught COVID. And so it's seeing everybody's world many times can make you underappreciate the season you're in yeah. because there's overexhausted exposure of what everybody else is doing. Correct. So absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just social media yeah. stuff. It's, uh, and it's bad because unfortunately we can't, we can't say, man, you kids got it bad today. Cause just like, that's just the way it is. Bible yeah. says, you know, maybe you were here for such a time as this. I believe that God places you in whatever generation because he believes, you know, we're able to handle it. But that, it just shows us that this is more than likely part of the cause of why some people are struggling with depression, anxiety, all these things. A lot of it can be linked to their, their need to impress social media or feeling like, man, I have nothing going for me. Everyone on social media is pregnant. We're the only people that can't have kids right now. It's like, that's how a lot of people look at it. But, you know, that's definitely a problem. Um, you know, yeah. it's a few things you said, bro, when you were talking about, you know, people are just marrying snacks. Like, <laughs> Listen, listen, people are, that's, that's, that's the whole issue right there. You know, so my thing is, obviously, I don't want to tell anybody you, you shouldn't find someone that you aren't attractive to. I think that is a, a huge component because you're not just home praying all day. So I fully understand but I guess you tell us a little bit about um, how high up on the, the list, the priority list, should our preference be? Because I know of a lot of people that are inboxing me all the time, like, hey, man, I'm single, man. You ain't got nobody out there. You ain't got no friends. And I'm just like, what about these 30 girls right here? What about these 30 guys? And they're like, nah, too, too tall, too short, too this, too that. And it's like, so how do you view that, that opportunity? Because I, I do want people to find somebody they're attracted to, you know, so... Ain't that wrong with a little snack if the if the snack is the is the actual appetizer God wanted for you? You know what I mean? So I believe that. Believe that on you. Listen, I, I believe God gives out meals. I do. And I think a lot of pain is gift wrapped as our preference. Um uh even when it comes to hearing God, man, is it is it like, man, I just don't hear God, or is it he's not speaking what you prefer? You know, and since he's speaking what you prefer, you label him a silent. Um, of course, you want somebody you're attracted to. I really don't like when a lot of churches are trying to, it don't matter, bro. I just don't believe my father's going to give me somebody that startles me if I roll over too fast. I don't believe he only knows you. You understand? So let's go real quick, basic to the sovereignty of God. He knew you before you and your mother's womb. He knows how many hair follicles are on your head. Do you honestly think your father is going to give you somebody that is totally 
has a troubled earth suit. That's the nicest way I could say it. Has a troubled earth suit. You could barely stand to look at them. And he said, this is my will. This is Susan. This is my will. Billy, this is my God is going to give you somebody that I think first you may not necessarily identify them like, oh, yeah. But your spirit will start to be attracted to them. That doesn't mean that they're not attractive. I just think it's possible that we have been so classically conditioned to a culture labels as beauty that it has infiltrated our mind to where we don't even see somebody who really is attractive as attractive because they're not your type. Our type is getting us in trouble. You were talking about Solomon. Very vividly, God told him, do not intermarry with them for they will turn your hearts after their gods. Very next text, Solomon loved many strange women. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And he held fast to them in love. It's possible your pain is your type, what you like how you like him. So you got a brother who's five, six, love Jesus, can honor you, attractive, works on his body. But since he's five, six, uh, deal breaker. I do believe that it's going to be somebody that you're attracted to, but I think it's not going to be in the way that you think. Your spirit will find an attraction. That does not mean that your spirit is going to overlook somebody looking troubled. But resting, and this is just me, bro. I rest in the fact that God knows what I, God knows what I need and what I want. Yeah. And he's not something that's troubled and like this, my will, bro. I just yeah. don't believe. Listen, we, we're not going to skip over what you just said, right? We, we're not going to do that. Your pain could be your type. I've been trying to, I've been trying to say that without those words for the longest. And, and I think, I think it's so necessary that we, we address that because there are so many people that they end up in relationship after relationship after relationship, and they're not realizing it's the same thing with different people. It's the same issues, the same sins, the same problems with different people. So we have to understand that probably it's not the people that's the problem because we're always quick to say, ah, oh, we couldn't work because that person was toxic and they're dysfunctional. If you end up with a dysfunctional man 30 times straight, guess who's the dysfunctional one? Some, yeah. some wrong, sis. You know what I mean? So that's why I want to, I want you to talk about how can they heal from those things? Because there's so many people that don't realize that they're attracting the wrong thing or they're pursuing things that aren't helpful. So you mentioned a few things that, you know, like is the scripture, is the scripture boss, is the fruit, all you mentioned those important things, but how do they know when they're the problem? Because I remember in my life when I would say, man, this relationship is lustful. I'm gonna get out of it. And then I go into another relationship that was less fun. I'm like, oh, no, nah, man, these girls out here tripping. Then I go to another one, same problem. It's just like, am I going to realize that I got a less problem or am I going to keep saying the women I run into is the problem, you know? So how do they address those things so that they can be healthy enough for the next relationship God has for them? Um, I think the, the biggest thing is we have to know healing is married to unlearning. And so a lot of, a lot of the healing that has to happen is due, due to us unlearning. And one thing that I said, and a lot of people were sharing the video was unlearning abuse also requires unlearning the survival tactics that we learned in abuse that we now call our personality. Yeah. Like if I don't learn that, I could possibly push away future blessings that are coming my way. So I think a lot of times of one way to overcome pain prevention is unlearning, unlearning the lessons of our first teacher. Like what was your first teacher to attraction? What was your first teacher to intimacy? What was your first teacher to relationships? And a lot of times what happens is our first teacher was wounded. So what happens? We have passed on a wounded perspective, mm-hmm. an unbiblical perspective, and now I'm dealing with lessons that they taught me, and now I'm trying to heal from that. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, made perfect yeah. sense. So, so what I'm gonna do now? I'm a, I'm a pivot the podcast. Um, shout out to the Pivot Podcast is a new sports podcast that's out there. <laughs> but, but I'm I'm a pivot now um, and and wind it home with some questions because they gave me a good amount. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be nice to our Patreon fam and get a few of them out there. So you okay. left a lot of nuggets. They they have more than enough already. But for our Patreon community that has been asking me to ask you some questions, I'm gonna give you. Some random ones, give you 60 seconds. If you need to go over, feel free, but just give me 60 seconds to get your thought out so I could give you um, enough time to get a few of their questions out there. So let me know when you're ready. Let's do it, brother. All right, number one, whenever you, whenever God is silent about a person, what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can mean two things. Give it time and you'll get your answer. Okay. Give it time, you'll get your answer. I think sometimes like, God, is this your will? And God's like, really? Really, give it a week. Just keep your legs closed, though. Give it a week, and it'll record. <laughs> and sometimes it'll, it'll expose itself that this was never God's will. Other times, I think, um, like I said before, is it he's really silent, or is it he's not speaking my preference and I'm labeling him as silent? Because I told you sixty seconds, I, I ain't about to jump on and preach with you, but whew. <laughs> All right. Number two, how do you know they're the one? I know this is one people ask all the time, but they want to know again. So. How do you know they're the one for you? Uh, I don't believe there's a one, there's a will. Mathematically, it's impossible for there to be a one. There's more women in the world than men. I believe there's a will. If you know the will, you'll be able to identify the one that complements the will of God for your life and their life. All right. If, in your opinion, is it wise to date in college? And if so, what are boundaries you can set? Um, I don't really have a restriction on when God could send you his will. I don't think anybody could honestly say this is when God's going to do it. Uh, the biggest boundaries is make sure that you have somebody who is holding you accountable. Okay. Same thing like my wife, like I was saying, my wife and I, somebody always knew when we were on a date, somebody knew where we were, we had curfews, um, just basic, somebody in your business, like accountability is not a pacifier, it's a purifier. Right. Yeah. That's good, bro. All right. Next person. Um, the next question what things did you do in your singleness to help prepare you for a healthy and a godly marriage? Right. Um, I was so busy that I was never bored. Um, I had uh, like 10 or 12 guys I discipled every Wednesday, every Friday. Um, when my flesh was on one, I would call the parents because I was a student pastor and I would say, hey, uh, would you mind having um, your sons have a lock in tonight and we can play basketball? So I constantly, uh, when I felt my flesh was on fire, I removed myself from an atmosphere that could cause a bonfire and I was pouring into others. Um, when it came to my wife and I, uh, we, we also had the same type of accountability before she met me. She had somebody in her life who was in her business before she had a relationship and so did I. So okay. yeah, it wasn't relational accountability. There was accountability there before we met each other. Okay. All right. So I'll jump to the next one. I won't, I, I was going to ask a question, but I think you, you got that one. Um, what's your opinion on online dating for it, against it? What are your thoughts? Ah, man, I'm not for it because I didn't do it, but I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say what God can't do, uh, but I do believe that if it's God's will for your life to get married, mm-hmm. it will happen. Okay. It'll happen. Either Amazon Prime, dude, it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey man chill bro let me get through these questions <laughs> what advice can you give someone right now who's feeling frustrated in their singleness uh, uh frustrated in their singleness i guess first 
asking yourself, are you frustrated due to you not having anybody? Or are you frustrated within your own self? A lot of times I think we label frustration because the absence of somebody, but really frustration is just our current state. Frustrated mm-hmm. with what choices I made, frustrated where I am, where I work, what I do, my, my following. And so identifying is a frustration relationship-based or is it something I'm dealing with within? Yeah. And then, then secondly, um, like I said, previous question, get involved, man. I was not bored and single. Uh, if you view singleness as a prison, every person who takes interest in you will be considered as a bail bond. So the enemy is very likely to set you up. Yeah. You're single passport, not a prison. Yeah, man. Man, we got to get you in on a part two one of these days. All right. So <laughs> next one, what is something new you learned in your walk with God? What, what is something new you have learned about your walk with God from being married? Um, something new I learned about God being married. I think more for me was more when I became a dad. I didn't recognize the love of God until I really became a dad. Um, the reason I say it is no matter, no matter what my son or my daughter does, man, I love them like crazy. Yeah. I, I love them. Like they could do something horrible. Like my son threw my iPad down on the floor and it broke. I'm like, bro, you broke my iPad. And I was upset at him, but I love him. And that just kind of shifted my perspective of God. Um, when I do mess up the same way that I still am crazy in love with my son, that's how God views me. And I don't think I would have got that perspective unless I had children. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this one might be longer than 60 seconds because they want, they want you to tell them for men and women, it says, what are the top three characteristics you can say about a godly man and a godly woman? Okay. For men serving, <clears throat> that's not tied to a paycheck. See if this brother does anything that is not tied to a paycheck. Um, number two, tenderness. That's overlooked. That's not soft. A man who is tender is a very um, in tune with the spirit type of man. I wasn't tender when I first got married. My wife had to teach me tenderness. I was more like, we gonna love the Lord. This is this is this is Sparta. That was more me, but I was all and and God had to soften me tremendously with my wife and my yeah. daughter. Um, last one I think is his ability to listen. Does he interrupt you? Uh, does he let you finish your thoughts? Does he let you talk? This show is teachable. Um, you want a you want a head that listens to his help me. Uh, for ladies, I think they're kind of reflective. But women by default are also serving. Um, one that may may cause some controversy is. Is she in tune with her emotions enough to where when she doesn't get her way, she doesn't act mm. out on you? Mm. A lot of sisters, I love the Lord until something gets on her nerves. Yeah. <laughs> until something gets on her nerves. Just is she delicate with her tongue? Is she kind? Is she tender? And then also, um, I think it's twofold to end it. Okay, understanding that, of course, a woman is not rehab for a man, but then also a man is not escape for the misery of being lonely. Yeah. He's not the escape from misery of being lonely. A godly man doesn't want a woman who doesn't have any identity outside of him because she'll be too clingy. We're both in purpose. So yeah, hopefully I answered all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely good. I feel like those not necessarily open-ended, but could probably cause them to want to ask more questions. So <laughs> hopefully not, but I'm gonna ask you two more. Um, number one, how can you discern manipulative actions in friendships and relationships? I'm telling you, Patreon had questions for you. So how do you, <laughs> how do you discern manipulative actions in friendships and relationships? Uh, I believe the foundation of a relationship is revealed when there's a disagreement. So I think manipulation many times is exposed when you guys disagree. Is there a um, guilt trip that is projected on you? 
um, is that, well, I would stop doing that if you would stop. Well, no, girl, I only did this because of manipulation in its simplest terms to me is to twist their issues as your flaws. Mm. So I think that's one of the ways to really identify um, if somebody's being manipulative, if they're twisting their flaws as yours and projecting it as though if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have responded like that. Yeah, that, that's real good, bro. And the last one I'll ask is this, how to cultivate healthy boundaries in marriage for yourself or dating for those that are dating? Uh, and they look different for everyone, for sure. So that's why, I, you know, for me and anybody who follows our ministry, I do so much with my wife. Like there's some ministers and ministries that it's just like, this is the pastor and I'm not belittling them at all. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's known as Jerry and Tanisha. I think for me as a man, my biggest boundary is keeping my wife with me everywhere. Yeah. If I'm traveling, my wife's there. You know, after church coming up in Greek, my wife's there. Mm-hmm. You know, she just, just that unified front, man, the enemy does not like that. You can't break it. With in-laws, friends, we're unified. It's not, it's no longer like me, my, and I. It's we, us, and our. And so that unified front for us has been our biggest boundary. Even if there's things we don't agree on, we'll tell people, we'll get back to you. And that took maturity, brother. That took maturity and time for us to get to that place to where um, even when we don't agree with you, we're not going to argue about it publicly about how we feel. We're going to say, we'll get back to you on it. Yeah, so man. for us, that, us that's, that's big. Good. That's good. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying for us, I think as a couple, our biggest boundary is oneness, being one on things. Expenses, finances, choices, decisions, ministry things, oneness. I'm not that guy or that pastor, but what God told me, I always run through my wife. Yeah. My helper. So I just believe sometimes I'll miss it and she'll help me, which she does. Yeah, bro. We had a guest on last year, Victor Jackson. This guy, I know him. He travels maybe about four different states a week, always doing some type of ministry. So I'm looking like, boy, ain't no way. How, how are you happily married and you're doing this? That's one of my questions I have for him. And he was like, I bring my wife on all of my trips. Like, he's like more than 90% of everywhere I go, I'm bringing my wife. And I think it's so key for ministers to understand that because I don't care how anointed you are. If you yeah. are never around your wife and your children, you're going to be tempted. By church people even, or e- even if no one tempts you, it's just that the devil knows how to get you. You know what I mean? Like the Bible mentions that, I think it's First Corinthians 7 where Paul is telling them, hey, don't defraud one another from those, you know, marriage privileges, you know, unless it's for a little bit of time because you guys are committed to prayer or fasting or something along those lines is necessary. And like you said, even though, you know, God called me to be the head over the home and even over the leader over a church, that does not mean I am God's voice. You know what I mean? I still run it by my wife. And there's so many times I ask my wife something and and I'll ask it because I low-key don't want to make the hard decision. And she's like, I'll trust whatever you do a bit. You know what I mean? Like she's let me, but she she wants to, I feel like she knows that there's no decision I plan to make that is not going to be ran by her. Like I don't want her to feel as though anything I'm doing in ministry, hey babe, just sign along for the ministry. You know, you're here with me, so you got to deal with it, you know. And I think that's where a lot of couples go wrong when we even if it's in the reverse and a woman is telling a guy what to do, it doesn't matter who who's doing it. That type of thing can be very manipulative and it can be controlling and it can be very draining, you know, especially on yeah. marriage. But I'm definitely wrapping this one up. So I'll leave the last word with you. If there's any type of advice you'll give to our audience, whether they're single, dating, engaged, married, divorced, anything, what is the one piece of advice you'll give to someone listening to this um, today? 
Okay. Um, <clears throat> for the single audience, uh, for people who desire to get married, because just because people are single does not always mean they desire to get married, which I'm discovering a lot of. Um, my only cautioning, <clears throat> excuse me, my only cautioning is, is that I don't desire it because I got hurt or truly I just want to be me. Um, one of the encouraging things that I want to remind you is that God is the author of your story. Even, even the mistakes and the things that we have done, that we have, you know, made unwise decisions, God is still the author and finisher of your faith. And I think about, um, I think about the story in, in the, the, the Bible where um, God was telling Abraham that he would have a son, right? And he felt like God was taking too long, just like some of my singles do feel like God was taking too long. And so what did he do? He ended up making his Ishmael, right? Um, the encouragement thing about that to me is your Ishmael choice still didn't disqualify him from his Isaac promise, right? Mm -hmm. And later on, we see that the Ishmaelites are the transportation system to get Joseph over into Egypt, which helps him get positioned to restore his family. So even in the midst of us making decisions in haste, God can still get all the glory out of it. Uh, for the married people, I would encourage you fight for oneness, fight for your covenant. <clears throat> the enemy has a hatred for covenant because it reflects oneness and the love of God and the patience of God and the grace of God. And so just really get into a place of understanding that this, especially if you're a man, this woman is my helper. This woman is my helper. And this is the individual that I trust to lead my life and do it cohesively. Um, and for divorced, this is not a period, it's a comma, simply put. Yeah. Guys, there you have it. Link in the description box to follow him on social media. Check out the YouTube channel, all of those things. Very thankful that you decided to join us, bro. Thank you. We're going to do it again, bro. I already feel it. For I was sure. looking at you. So, yeah, we're going to do it again. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Guys, I'm going to have to find my way over to Texas. And if I do, I will vlog it because we are going to, to see the church. Um, but thankful for, um, for you joining us and for you guys um, listening to the end. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, hit the link in the description box, find all this stuff, and we'll see you next Thursday. Peace.